Good morning. Good to see you. You know, we came that close to canceling church this morning. And I'm so glad that we didn't because if we had canceled church, I would have missed that worship service. And I needed that. Man, I appreciate our worship team. I'm so thankful that you were here. Uh, yeah, I think most of you know that we're in the midst of a sermon series entitled Your Journey. And I've preached two sermons. I got up this morning with the intent of preaching the third sermon today. And at 20 minutes to 8, because I looked at my watch, I felt the Lord lead me to go in another direction. And I felt like he said, don't, don't, don't go with that. And I'm thinking, well... It would have been great to know that before I topped out these nine pages of notes. <laughs> but I'll do whatever you say. So if I'm not going that, what am I going to do? And this is what I felt like you said. You share with them what I've been sharing with you. Just in my visits with God, I felt like you said, as when we visit together, I'm sharing things with you. Go share those things with them. I don't know how you are at the end of a year, but at the end of every year, as I'm facing a new year, I like to kind of take an inventory of my life, kind of assess where I'm at. And so I always begin by looking at where am I, where do I want to be, and what steps would it take for me to get there. And then I'll take a couple of those steps, maybe, and I turn them into a goal. Well, this is my goal for 2000. If I could achieve this goal in 2018, it's going to help me move closer to where I want to be. So I want to tell you my number one goal for 2018. I want to learn how to pray. Now, I know what somebody here just thought. Ethel, we in big trouble. We're attending a church where the pastor has openly admitted that he doesn't even know how to pray. I think there, to a degree, prayer is instinctive, don't you? It's kind of as natural as breathing. Uh, I wasn't raised in church. As a matter of fact, I guess prior to my 20th birthday, I'd been to church about five times in my life. I didn't know anything about God. Uh, or the Bible, but yet as a child, I often found myself praying. It just kind of came natural. Did you? I mean, as, as a child, did, did you often pray? Well, I did too. But I'm coming to understand something. Uh, prayer is instinctive to a degree, but prayer is also a skill. A skill that can be acquired. A skill that can be transferred or taught to someone else and a skill that can be honed and I get the distinct feeling that that God wants me to experience more in prayer than I've ever experienced in my life and so my prayer this year has been pretty simple Lord teach me how to pray now in addition to this prayer I've also been using my Bible now, I, I was sick for a couple of weeks, and uh, you know, but uh, there were times in those two weeks where I, had, I was coherent. 
And there were some times when I wasn't because I had some really good medicine. But there were some lucid moments, and I remember sitting down with my Bible, and I went all the way through the New Testament. I'm talking about Matthew through Revelation. And I looked for prayers that had been prayed and recorded in the Bible. I wasn't looking specifically for passages of Scripture that talked about praying. I looked for prayers that men and women had prayed and they were recorded in Scripture. And I wrote them all down. Everyone, Matthew, you know, Ephesians, Romans. Every time I found a prayer, I made a note. This is, there's a prayer here in these verses. And this is my goal. Throughout this year, I'm going to study, hopefully, study every one of those prayers in an effort to learn how to pray. Now, in particular, I want to learn how to pray by learning what to pray. I mean, when I'm talking to God, what am I supposed to be talking about? What are the things that I need to be asking for? And so the first prayer I came to is actually found in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5, is where we're going to start reading. Let me tell you what's, why, this, these verses are, this is Jesus teaching about prayer. And I want to tell you why he's doing that. Luke chapter 11 tells us that one day Jesus and some of his followers were praying together. And when Jesus finished praying, one of his followers went, wow. Oh, uh, my prayers don't sound like your prayers, and my prayers are nothing like your prayers. I, I wish I could pray like you prayed. Jesus, would you teach me how to pray? And of course, you know how, what he answered. Well, sure I will. And so he proceeds, and this is what he said to him. Look at verse number 5. We're going to read this together. He said, when you pray, it's a key phrase. Tuck that away in your mind. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, you see, there's that phrase again. When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I think that's a huge phrase. Verse number seven, when you pray, there it is again, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he said, pray like this or pray along these lines. That's what he says. Our father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. How many of you have ever read the Lord's Prayer before? You ever read it before? Anybody here ever committed it to memory and recited it? Anybody ever done that? Me too. And uh, you know what I realized this January? Uh, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Maybe you do, but I didn't, you know. Our Father in heaven, of course, in the King James Version, hallowed be thy name. Sounds cool. Had no earthly idea what that could mean. You know what it means? It means this. God, uh, help us recognize who you are and treat you accordingly. That's what that means. She said, you could pray like that. And then he said, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, there again, I'm kind of like, what in the world does that mean? You know what it means? Jesus saying, pray to the Father and say this. I know you're building a kingdom. And one of these days, I want your kingdom to be the only kingdom. And you to be the only king. 
Verse 11, give us today the food we need. I understand that. You got, everybody got that one? Don't need to elaborate on that? No. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. I like that. It's challenging. God, you know what he's at, you know, saying? Pray this prayer. Help me treat people the way you treat me. That's what he's praying. And then he says, and don't, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, I'm 15 days into my little study, I think it was, because I think I started mid-January. And uh, at this point, I've made nine observations about prayer from this prayer that I want to share with you. So everybody, now there's no notes on the screen because I didn't know I was going to share this until 20 minutes to 8. So this is what you got right here. Got it? Observation number one, prayer is not optional. Prayer is not something that we reserve for emergencies only, like the axe and the glass. You know, don't get the axe out unless you've got a bad situation going down. Prayer is not reserved for emergencies. Prayer is not something that's reserved for, you know, prior to holiday dinners. Does somebody want to say a word of prayer? Prayer is not optional for a believer. Jesus didn't say, if you pray... If you ever decide to pray, if you ever felt the need to pray, what did he say? He said, when you pray. He's just assuming that that's what believers do. And I think that's the point he's trying to make here is that prayer is not optional for Christians. Prayer is just something we all do. Observation number two. Prayer should be daily. Jesus didn't say, you know, you could pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. Or if you're extremely busy and you know you're going to have a hard time working prayer into your daily schedule, for those of you, you already got, you already got a pass. Maybe you could pray this way, give us this month our monthly bread because it could be quite a while before I can get back to you. He didn't say that, did he? What did he say? He said, I'm, I think you ought to pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. And I think he's making a point here is that this is something that you should be doing every day of your life. Can't skip a day, certainly can't skip a week, and God help us if we skipped a month. Third observation. I think Jesus is suggesting that we should pray early in the day. I tell you, he don't care when you pray. You can pray anytime you want. He's always listening, he's always available. But I kind of think that from this prayer, we're kind of seeing that Jesus might be suggesting that we pray early in the day. Now that, I don't, you know, Moses didn't come down off the mountain with that written in stone tablets, thou shalt pray for, you know, he didn't, that, I'm not saying, I'm thinking Jesus saying though, it would probably be the right time. I mean, if you're going to pray for your daily needs, do you do that at o'clock at night after you finish brushing your teeth and you're about to jump in the bed? Would that make sense? When would you pray that? Pray that early in the day. I think it's a good practice to get into is, is, is maybe to start our day in conversation with God. Pray early in the day. Observation number four, I, I think I'm numbering these correctly. Because uh, I did write these notes in, in, in a semi-state of panic. You know, like, really? Thank you, God. Uh, I think prayers ought to be intentional. I think, there's, I think we plan to pray. I think we pray on purpose. 
Now, I'm, I'm assuming that, that you do this, that, that, there are time, that you kind of in an attitude of prayer all day long, right? That you move through your day in an awareness that God is with you, that He is near, that He's listening, that He cares, that He wants to get involved, and He's willing to help you with anything you're facing. I, and, and so, for that reason, when you come up on a decision that needs to be made, or some kind of a challenge or threat... You just spontaneously whisper a prayer to God. Not out loud. You don't just, you know, in a, in a difficult way, well, you've got a decision to make. You don't stop everything and tell the car, car salesman, hold it just a minute. Our Father, what should I do here? Do I buy this new Crown Vic or do I just keep driving this piece of junk I've got? You know, you, you don't do that, but what would you do? You might pause. And just in the back of your mind, quietly in your heart, you go, what do I do here? Do you do that? Is that, is that something you do through the, through the day? You're sitting on the deer stand and this giant buck walks out, you know, and you say, God, would you help me shoot straight? You know, yeah, we, we do that. And I think that's good, and I think that's right, and, and I want you to do that. But I think also that Jesus maybe is teaching us here that our, sometimes our prayers ought to be planned and intentional. It sounds like to me when he said, you know what you need to do? Go get off by yourself, shut the door behind you, and get in a private place. That sounds like somebody who's thought this through. That sounds like somebody who's intentional. I think Jesus is saying this, you ought to have a set time that you've, a time that you've set aside for nothing but prayer. That's what you do. That's what you're going to do. With this block of time, it's just me and God, and we're going to have a talk. Maybe he's even saying you ought to have a special place, or maybe some special places in your world where that takes place. And I think sometimes our prayers ought to be intentional. We ought to have that time to set aside. Now, I already know I'm, I'm going to, you know, what some of you are thinking. Yeah, right. Ronnie, you obviously don't live in the real world, and maybe you don't live in my world you know, you are a pastor, and that's all you guys have got to do is sit around and, you know, chant your prayers or whatever you guys do during the week. I don't know what you do, but you've got plenty of time, and you and Lynn are empty nesters. You don't have a house full of these young uns that we have to try to keep up with, and so I'm sure that you can work some time in, but in the real world, we can't do that. Well, let me share with you observation number five. Prayers don't have to be long. You know one of my favorite hymns? My, one of my favorite hymns is Sweet Hour of Prayer. Love it. I love it to this day. But you know what I take away from that hymn? If I'm going to pray, uh, by now I better have me a good solid hour to work with. You ain't got that. And even being a full-time pastor, I struggle to find an hour of time to set aside for prayer. You know the cool thing? You don't need an hour. Jesus said, you want me to teach you how to pray? He said, okay, pray along these lines. And then he gives them a 70-word prayer. 70 words. You know how long it takes to pray this prayer? Now, know what some of you just thought. No, I don't, but I bet you do. You're right, I do. It takes less than 30 seconds to pray this prayer. And Jesus said, you ought to pray like this. Can I ask you a question and not meddle? Have you got 30 seconds a day you can spare? Did you know the longest prayer recorded in the Bible is found in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 5 through 38? 
You know how long it takes to pray that prayer? And I do. It takes seven minutes. Longest prayer recorded in the Bible. Seven minutes. I'm going to ask you another question. You got seven minutes in your day? Could you find seven minutes in your day? I think we're overthinking this. Man, if we could just set aside a block of ten minutes. Uh, how long is your commute to work? I don't know. How long are you on the treadmill? How long does it take you to get the boat to the landing? I don't know. But don't you think that we can work God in understanding that prayers don't have to be long? And observation number six, prayers should not be repetitious. I, I don't, you know... I was sitting back there a while ago trying to think of a prayer uh, that, that I used to pray as a kid when I go to bed. You, help me now. You're going to have to coach me. Now I lay me down to sleep. What's the next line? Okay, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That prayer scared the wits out of me as a kid. <laughs> Say your prayers. Oh, God. If death overcomes me in the night, would you harvest my soul and take it to be with you? Like, what kind of a morbid prayer is that? Good night, people. You know, we we teach our kids these little rhymes, and we adults sometimes are guilty of just praying the same kind of prayers. God, would you bless her today? And then there's him. Here's one. I want you to bless him too. And then there's them. Would you bless them too? And the next thing you know, we're just saying the same little phrase over and over and over and over. Just the same thing. You know what Jesus is saying? Don't do that. Talk to me. Talk to me. Your prayers don't need to sound like a nursery rhyme. If somebody listened in on your prayers, they ought to swear you're having a conversation with another human being. It ought to sound that natural and that relaxed and that personal. That... That's what Jesus is saying. Don't, don't be repetitious like these religious hypocrites. Observation number seven, prayer is rewarded by God. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of careful of what I invest my time in. If I'm, going to get, if I'm going to invest time in something, I want a return on my investment. I want to know that that was worth it. That it's going to pay off in the end. You know what Jesus is saying? I'll tell you something you can do that pays off big. Prayer. You looking for something to invest your time in? Jesus said, you ought to be praying because here's what happens. When you pray, the Father sees you praying, which means he not only sees what you're doing, he comprehends everything you're saying. And i tell you what he does... He rewards you. He blesses you for praying. Man, it works. My last two observations are going to be a little more lengthy than these, but observation eight is, and let me get to it. Let's just set it up. Let's say you're you're going to make changes in your prayer life based on what I've just shared with you, and you're going to set aside a daily time, maybe 10 minutes, I don't know. And you're, 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 you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to worry about length or time, and you're not going to be repetitious. You're going to really talk to God. And, 
And so you, you've gone to your private place. This is your set time. You've told the spouse, don't bother me for 10 minutes. You've cut the television off. You left the iPhone out of the room. You, you're not going to be disturbed. Man. This is for praying right here. We do then. Observation nine, eight is this. Focus on God before you focus on yourself. Do you know, Jesus said, when you pray, pray along these lines. Our Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth. He said, here's the first thing you do. You're going to talk to God about God. He said, you're going to talk about his name, his kingdom, and his will. Now, you think about that. What if every time we got ready to pray, instead of just... A lot of my prayers are like this. It's like I barge into God's office with my wish list. And I say, God, I need one of these, two of these, and boy, I'd like to have a whole set of these. Thank you. And he's sitting there going, was that it? What if instead of doing that, we started off by focusing on him? And who he is. He's God. What if just before you prayed, you reminded yourself, this is not a religious ritual. This is not me rubbing a rabbit's foot for good luck. I'm about to talk with the living God. He's going to listen. And what if you begin to remind yourself of just who this God is and what he's like? He's holy. He's righteous. He's kind. He's loving. He's understanding. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's patient, long-suffering. He's forgiving. He has infinite resources. He has all wisdom, which means that no matter what question you've got, he's already got the answer. No matter what problem you're facing, he already has a solution. And and he already knows exactly what you're going to face that day. And he has all power. There's nothing you're going to face that he can't handle easily. What would it be like? What would it do to our prayers if that's the first thing we did is we focused on the God we're about to talk to? I'll tell you what it do. It'd help us mentally engage and not be just reciting words while our mind is somewhere else. I'm, talk, I'm about to talk to God. And it would help us, I think, pray with a little more confidence because realizing no matter what we ask of him, he's fully capable of doing anything I ask. Not only do I think we should focus on who he is, I think we've got to focus on who he is to us. Jesus said you ought to pray this way. Pray, our Father. Do you understand that God, you are God's child. You're his daughter. You're his son. You know why that is? He chose to be your daddy. He chose to be your heavenly father. As your father, he chose certain responsibilities. Lisa, I want you to be my daughter. Here's what that means. I want the responsibility of providing for you. 
I want it. Burl, I want to be your father, which means I want the response. I'm choosing to embrace the responsibility of protecting you. Ain't that what we remember what fathers do? Pam, God says, I've chosen to be your daddy. I've chosen to embrace the responsibilities of guiding you and directing you as a loving dad would do. I've cho- you understand that this God we're talking to with all these infinite resources, infinite power, infinite wisdom says, I have chosen to embrace these responsibilities. I want to share these resources with you. That means you don't have to beg God, you don't have to plead with him. You don't have to twist his arm and try to manipulate him some way. If you would do this, I'll do that. Listen, he's your daddy. And you need to understand, he's willing to step in and get involved and help you out in ways that he alone can do. Listen, if you start really focusing on God and who he is and who he is to you, I'll tell you, you'll pray with so much confidence recognizing that not only Can he? He will. That's what he does for his kids. So before you ever focus on yourself, focus on God. And then what you do? Then you focus on yourself. Or you focus on others. Both. If I were going to add a tenth observation here, it would be this. God doesn't mind you asking. I have a lot of people say, well, I don't really ever pray for myself. Man, you're messing out. I just don't feel right about asking. You know what Jesus said? I want you to ask. Once you focused on God, then you turn your attention to yourself and you turn your attention to others. And the final observation of this, focus on yesterday before you focus on today. As Jesus said, you know, once you've done this, you, focus, you say, uh, give us this day our daily bread. And so there's, this, there's an aspect, you're looking at today and what the needs of today might be, but then he said, you also pray this, forgive us our sins. You know what he's saying? Before you move too deeply into what you need today, you better go back and talk about yesterday. Here's what I think he's saying. Uh, before you ask me for anything today, is there anything you need to thank me for about yesterday? Before we go too deep into today, is there anything you need to confess and repent of that happened yesterday? So perhaps when we're getting ready to pray and ask about our daily needs, maybe we need to understand something. Uh, we need to ask ourselves, is there unfinished business from yesterday? Have I been as grateful as I should be for everything I did yesterday? Uh, have I been honest with him and repented of sin, admitted sins I committed yesterday? Perhaps this, I mean, am I carrying a grudge into today that started yesterday? What do I need to do here before we talk about today, God? And once you've done that, what do you do? Focus on today. Jesus said, Pray. Give us this day our daily bread. You know what he's saying? You've got physical needs. Your family's got physical needs. Ask me. I don't know what your physical needs might be. Uh, Better health. A mate. A new job. 
Maybe you need the stock market not to drop 1,100 points next week, so hopefully one day uh, you can retire. I don't know what it is. We've all got physical needs, and our children have physical needs. Our spouses do. Our family members do. We know people that do. Jesus said, good. Ask God to meet those needs. Talk to him about it. Then he goes on. I think he says, then, you know, talk about spiritual needs. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Do you, you know, I think, I think we're supposed to talk to God about our spiritual needs. I think we're pretty good at the physical needs thing. You know it? I think we're pretty good at that. We recognize when we need money. We recognize when the car is worn out. You know, we recognize all. And I think we're pretty good at asking for those physical needs. What about spiritual needs? Uh, from what I read here, there's somebody called the evil one. And you understand he's dead after your kids? And you. Do, do you pray? About this spiritual conflict and things in the spiritual realm, God, would you protect my kids, not from car wrecks and necessarily, not necessarily from disease. Uh, Would you protect my kids from the devil and his influence? Do we pray that way? Do we pray, God, I want my kids to know you. I want them to know you well. I want them to love you with all of their heart. I want them to to be fitting examples of what a cross follower would be. I want them to serve people in ways that makes a difference. Do we pray about the spiritual needs of the people in our world and our own spiritual needs? I think it's what Jesus is teaching here. You focus on God before you focus on you. You focus on yesterday before you focus on today. But when you get down to today, pray about those physical needs because God wants to help you there. But why don't you pray about spiritual needs before you complete the prayer? So, these are my observations. One of my goals is to do this. I want to take every prayer in the New Testament and I want to study it. Until I understand what people are asking for. And then I want to put those requests of prayer into a concise, accurate paraphrase. That I can remember. And use in my prayer life. I guess you could say, I want to put these prayer requests into the Hodge translation. And so here's the way I'd like to close the service out. I'd like to close the service by praying the Lord's Prayer from the Hodge translation. Would you let me do that? Let's pray together. Our Father, help us not to lose sight of who you are. You are God. And help us not to lose sight of who you are to us. You're our Father. Help us not to lose sight of who you are and who you are to us so that we may treat you sacredly. Guide us so that your will is done in our lives. Use us to build your kingdom. So that eventually, there is only your kingdom.
Thank you for all you did for us yesterday. You provided all our needs. You protected us from the evil one. You forgave our sins. Thank you. And will you do the same today? Help us please you by doing right instead of wrong. Help us honor you by treating others as you treat us. May you receive all the glory. For you alone are deserving. You alone are God. Amen. Thank you for coming. You're dismissed.